Would you mind telling me whose brain I did put in? And you won't be angry? I will not be angry. Abby someone. Abby someone. Abby who? Abby normal. This is the Abby Normal Podcast, here to tell you that you're weird and that's normal. I love to read. It's my number one hobby. Though when people say things like, I love to hike or bike or run, saying you read doesn't feel like a valid activity. It sounds like you're lazy and lonely, which is not true, by the way. I love so many genres of literature. Is that the right term? I need interesting characters with good internal and external dialogue. But that can exist in fiction, historical, biographies, sci-fi. In elementary school, my favorite books were Wrinkle in Time by Madeline Lingle and Mrs. Frisbee and the Rats of Nim by Robert C. O'Brien. I read them again recently, and they're both still good. In middle school, I got into Stephen King, which was so deliciously disturbing. Gage from Pet Cemetery can still give me the goosebumps. I just finished The Testaments by Margaret Atwood, which is, of course, fantastic. It's a follow-up to The Handmaid's Tale. And I started Talking to Strangers by Malcolm Gladwell. So my love for books runs deep. There's one genre that I have never really explored. Romance. I suppose my biases, see lonely ladies, cats, have prevented me from exploring this robust, sensual, deep category. But I think that's about to change. My friend Darlene has a secret identity. As the author Kay Harris, she writes contemporary romance novels. Darlene grew up in a suburb outside of Detroit, Michigan. She has a, quote, worthless master's degree in anthropology. And among other equally interesting jobs, she was a park ranger in Yellowstone National Park. Annie and I really want to know more about this feminist word porn and how she started writing it. I want it deep inside. You got it deep in- I write Contemporary romance novels. Mm-hmm. On, the, on the steamy side, apparently. Really? How do you yeah. know if you're steamier or less steamier? It's bodice ripper shit. <laughs> <laughs> totally. I guess, and not erotica, you'd be clear, because... Okay. So, now that I'm in the world, I've learned all these, like, um, categories of romances. Subgenres, yeah. So, there's one to five. Okay, so one is... Sweet, meaning that there's no sex. Like, they might kiss. Yeah. And they're usually religious. Not always, but they generally are, you know, the Amish books and stuff, right? Uh Which my mom loves, by the way. (laughs) Uh, Number two is there's sex in it, but it's closed door. So they kind of talk about that they had sex, but they don't have any descriptions. Uh Uh-huh. And then number three would be... What I write, which is considered steamy romance, which is basically where there's descriptions, but you don't use certain words. Like you don't necess- you don't usually use the word like cock. Okay. Um, you don't usually it's like use PG thirteen words. Yeah, it's like PG thirteen. Yeah, exactly. So we're talking about penetration. We're talking about cunnilingus, but we're but we're not using like we're gently using those words. Okay. And then number four would be erotic romance, which is 
we're definitely having lots and lots of very graphic sex. Uh-huh. So the PIV, <laughs> penis and vagina. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're having lots of very graphic sex. And we're using all the words, all the words. Uh-huh. And this can be, by the way, I say penis and vagina. This is, there's also, you know, MM and MFF and MF and MMF. All and the combinations of all humans. All the combinations. And so all of the parts. totally clear, <laughs> yes. Um, and all the parts. But the romance is still a part of the story. Uh-huh. Like, there's still a romance there. But if you took out the sex... It would change the story. Okay. So that's how much sex there is. Like okay. a lot more. In what I write, there's usually generally three scenes per book. Like that's the general rule. Three sex scenes. Three sex scenes yeah. per book. In erotic romance, there's probably, it's all throughout the book. Wait, what's number five? Five is erotica. And erotica has no other story except the sex. So if you... It's just you, word porn. It's just word. Yeah. There's just sex. So there's really not any other story to yeah. it. It's just sex. So I write three, which is the steamy contemporary. And I kind of found that out because in I won a contest and it was the steamy. And I was like, oh, okay. That's, <laughs> that's your box. Of, You're in. I guess that's what I am. Are there steamy romance podcasts? Supposedly there are. Now, I haven't listened to any, I'm ashamed to say, but I happen to know there's at least one because I follow the people who do it on Twitter and they're part of... Romance Writers of America, so. That reminds me of that episode of The Office where Phyllis is listening to Fifty Shades <laughs> yes! of Grey. Oh my yes! god, yes. And so like, good. getting all gross. We <laughs> should do a whole podcast on The Office, by the way, because it's like my favorite thing <laughs> so good. ever is The Office. And I have a lifelong love for Jim. Uh, Jim mm-hmm. Halpert is all the things. I'm sorry. For sure. He is the dream man. I'm sorry, he just is. <laughs> I don't know. I'm kind of into Dwight. Oh my god! Oh, no, no. <laughs> Did you watch The Quiet Place with Jim? Um, no, so I haven't watched that yet. Oh, but it's on my good. list. There's a movie with him and Maya Rudolph that is oh, one of my may we go. favorite things. I love that movie. Is that movie not magic? Yeah. It's so. How have cute. I not watched this with Maya Rudolph? I love I, her. Right. I love her so much in this. It's okay. so. I'm going to find it. We're going to watch good. it tonight. I mean, Aaron so Taunton loves a good rom com. So he does. I mm-hmm. love watching rom coms with Aaron Taunton. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's my husband. Yeah, I feel like <laughs> I feel like this is goes on the list right oh, now. Wait, oh, away we go. go. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Anyway, so how did you get into that? Uh, okay, so when we were living in Yellowstone year round, ah, uh, right, time I, on your hands. Oh my god, time on my hands, and like it was dark at four thirty, and it was freezing cold outside, and I sat by a fire, and my husband worked ten hour days. And I just had, I worked, but I worked a regular shift and then went home and had all this time on my hands. And I just, um, I'd always liked stories and telling stories and I love reading and I love reading romance novels. So I just kind of started writing them and it just kind of went from there. So you were just like really horny in the woods waiting for your husband to get home. It's like the perfect setup. There you and go. you can't go outside because there are bears out there. There's right. Bears. There's a fireplace. I mean, all fire, of it. The fire's crackling. Oh yeah. Real fire. Yeah. Oh yeah. You all got your things. silk nightgown on. Oh my God. I have no silk. <laughs> sure. I don't have a silk nightgown. Just also, to be totally sleeping clear. in nightgowns is super uncomfortable. I, I never, hate nightgowns. I don't. Because they always nightgowns. end up around your neck. Yeah. Yeah. You're no, just naked. There's no just purpose to a nightgown. Nightgown. It's stupid. 
Um, I actually sleep in tank tops. That's what I sleep in. Yeah, every night, tank yeah. tops. Tank top, one tank top, and my underwear. That's it. Totally clear, yeah. Yeah. Annie and I are fully clothed at night. Yeah, we are. <laughs> I'm probably going to go to sleep in this. <laughs> probably on Abby's couch. I want to wear cute nightgowns, though. Like, I think that they look cute, but then you get into bed and yeah. roll around, and yeah. it's pointless. They immediately ride up, and yeah. it makes no sense. Yeah. I don't understand. And then it's uncomfortable, because then it bunches, like, right under your your ribs when you're laying on your side and then it's just ugh it's terrible stabbing you it's terrible do you do you wear underwear to bed yeah Hmm. interesting do you not i'm an anti-sleeping in underwear person Hmm. well you also are sleeping in bed next to your husband's that's true i I sleep in underwear just to be clear right no pants like you but no one layer separation right right that's correct one there's no pants one item yeah that's right uh, my mother always told me it was better to sleep without underwear so that your business can breathe at night. I've heard that before too. Yeah. Prevent yeah. yeast infra- infections. Yeah. And I guess I don't always do it. It just like. Whatever happens, happens. If the underwear is already on, I'm not going to take off my comfy pants to take off my underwear right. and then to pull my pants back up to go to sleep. For sure. That's too much effort. Exactly. Yeah. So that's, I guess, typically how it. Yeah. Makes sense. Ends up. Do you want to read us the thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you, so this is this is a, an example of level three. <laughs> so the book is called Julia's Wish. Um, I call it the Wish series. And all four of the women in the book have our birthday, Annie. Oh. So, and they're birthday buddies. So. Uh, I love it. It's basically about you guys. Yeah, <laughs> kind of. Oh, yeah. my gosh. I didn't know this. Um, <gasps> she did not know this. Oh, my gosh. So when I moved to Oakland, my <gasps> first and best friend was my neighbor. She had a baby, like, the same age as my daughter, and so we would hang out. I thought I was your best friend. <laughs> Uh-oh. In Oakland, I'm saying. She lived in my apartment building. She was my new friend. It turned out she and I had the same birthday. Wow. And our daughters, who are currently best friends, uh, their birthdays are one day apart. What? Oh, my God. So I'm, like, really into this whole birthday zone we're That's in crazy. tonight. It's like yeah. the universe is bringing yeah. the birthday buddies together. It's like Agreed. a thing. Yeah. Agreed. And now they're going to have sex, so go yeah. on. Yeah. So, so that was the premise of the, the concept of the series, was that all four of these women have the same birthday. Wait, do they know each other? They all work at a candle company in Richmond. One of them is an HR assistant, so she discovers this birthday thing. And so what they do is they meet every year on their birthday, and they have, you know, a a drink. And this one year, they make a wish. And what they decide to do is to hold each other to the wish and make it happen by the end of the year. So each book takes place over the course of this year. Bow chicka wow wow. Bow chicka wow wow. And then the fourth book, um, which is Julia's Wish, Julia uh, is going blind is 38 and she um, wants to have a baby but she's had a rough time in relationships partly because she's just a real type a personality and so all the guys she's dated she's kind of pushed away from her Mm -hmm. and then um, when she started to lose her sight she realized that there was kind of a ticking clock in addition to being 38 she wanted to be able to see the baby before um, yeah and I I researched a real um, sight disorder where you lose your sight kind of gradually Mm -hmm. i can't i forgive me i don't remember what it's called right now but um so she goes to a sperm bank and the sperm bank that she goes to is different from like your average sperm bank which i also did some research on sperm banks Mm -hmm. i swear to god my google account it's like the weirdest thing ever (laughs) 
Um, you normally, a sperm donor is totally anonymous and you pick based on characteristics. Well, this sperm bank, which is totally fictional, you actually get to meet the sperm donor. And okay. So they, they connect you sort of like they would a date, right? So they actually match you with a sperm donor. So... That's the premise. So she goes to this. Do they bank. fall in love? Well, <laughs> so, here's <laughs> so here's the thing. Um, she went to the sperm bank and the lady who runs it was out. She was actually in rehab. And so the lawyer did her intake um, meeting. And he is like this hot young thing named Emilio. Mm-hmm. And yeah. And he's like 10 years younger than her. Uh-huh. And he is raising his three nieces because his sister died tragically. And so he has taken in his three nieces. And so, yeah, so he's like all that. I've had people who read it write me and be like, Emilio. I'm like, I know, right? Um, (laughs) A man and their, I mean, preferably a man and a baby is like the hottest thing ever. Right. But like a man and like three babies. This is seriously pretty cute. All he wants is for them to be happy, and they've had this, like, super traumatized childhood. He's adorable. Like, he goes to great lengths to make his nieces happy, and, yeah, he's he's super adorable. They end up being, it's a friends to lovers thing. So they end up, like, befriending, partly because she's, like, so charmed by these three girls. Yeah. And so it's, like, the two of them sort of raising these girls as friends. Uh-huh. He's got the hots for her, but she's always like, no, 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 like... I'm doing this thing. I'm doing this thing. I'm going to have a baby at a sperm bank. I don't have time for you. And he's like, well, you don't have to do that. Like, why don't we explore our thing and you can go back to the sperm bank later? And she's like, no, I don't have time. They've been through all of this, right? And she's already told him that she doesn't want a relationship with him and he's accepted it. And now they're sitting on the couch in the living room. I'm so excited. And we just fist pumped. <laughs> and the kids are asleep. Okay. <clears throat> so Amelia wasn't completely sure, but he thought the warmth spreading in his chest was hope. Who do you think she was? Julia's cheeks turned an adorable shade of deep red. She crossed her arms over. Oh, I also want to tell you that. <laughs> You're such a tease right now. <laughs> he's Hispanic. She's black. I want to be clear because I don't do the like white on white stuff anymore. It's too boring. Okay. Julia's cheeks turned an adorable shade of deep red. She crossed her arms over her chest. How should I know? And why do you look so damn happy? Were you jealous? He asked. A sound came out of her, half indignation and half disbelief. It made Amelia laugh out loud. Julia dropped her arms and one hand gently, hesitantly covered his. If I admit that I was, will you tell me who she is? He leaned toward her. Thank you, and yes, I absolutely will. She's my sister's best friend. Her name is Kimmy. She's married, and there's nothing between us other than a deep love for Eliza and a shared sense of loss. We get together a couple times a month. Julia dropped her face closer still. Her lips nearly brushed his. Is that what she wanted? Yes. Okay. Emilio slowly lifted his hand and placed it at the back of her head, his thumb stroking a few of her soft braids. I think it's pretty great that you were jealous. You do, huh? Emilio closed the small distance between them and covered her lips with his own. His kiss was gentle and measured. Julia's was not. She attacked him with a fervor he hadn't known she possessed. Her mouth opened, her arms wrapped around his neck, and her leg hooked over his as she pushed him back onto the couch. When, after a deliciously long time, his lips moved down her jaw to her neck and his hands ran up under her blouse along her sides, she let out a soft moan. 
In an instant, they both sat up and looked over the back of the couch toward the hallway leading to the girls' bedrooms. Then, almost comically, they turned back to one another. Bedroom, Emilio said. Julia nodded, and they both scrambled up off the sofa and hustled toward the master bedroom off the far end of the house. As soon as the door was closed behind them, he sealed their mouths together again and moved them both toward the low bed in the far corner. Julia smiled around his kiss and tugged at his dress shirt, ripping it out of the waistband of his gray work slacks. Julia wore her work clothes as well, and the silky blouse slipped through Emilio's fingers as he pushed it up. Julia lifted her arms and let him pull the top over her head. He tossed it lightly toward his dresser, but had no idea if it made it, because his gaze was focused on the lacy bra that held her perfect breasts high in her chest. Below it was a beautiful taut belly covered in smooth, dark skin. Emilio fell to his knees and kissed and licked from her navel to her sternum. Julia let out a soft, sexy chuckle and reached behind her. Emilio heard the click of the metal clasp, and then the lacy little thing fell to the floor. He moved to cover the newly exposed skin with his hands, lips, and tongue. Julia allowed him to linger there for a while until her impatience caused her to yank on his hair. Come here. Emilia obeyed, standing in front of her as she frantically unbuttoned his shirt, then slid the arms down, catching them on his wrists. Just as he managed to pull the shirt off his arms and fling it somewhere behind him, her hands dipped inside his pants. Emilio gasped. Julia grinned like the Cheshire cat and popped the button, slid down the zipper, and dropped his pants to his ankles. Emilio stepped out of them and toward her. He placed one hand on her right hip and used the other to slide the zipper of her plum-colored skirt down the other side. Then he pulled the skirt down, letting it slide to her ankles. Julia towed off her shoes and stepped out of the skirt while Emilio bent down and discarded his socks. Both in nothing but their underwear, they came back together and fell onto the bed. Emilio rolled them so Julia's smaller body lay sprawled over his. He hooked his fingers in either side of her delicate panties and dragged the lacy material down her legs. She shimmied them the rest of the way. He reached one hand between their bodies and found that place he knew would throw Julia into a higher level of pleasure. Almost instantly, his prediction came true. Tell me to stop. I mean, I don't think Abby does, but how long do we want this to go on? Also, this is kind of awkward reading this. <laughs> I'm the one who's reading it. I know, like, we're, like we're just like listening to this. Like, <laughs> it's like watching porn together, which I feel like women do not do very. Women do not do that. That's like not a thing that we no, do. No, it's not. But um, and you know, please these... tell me what comes next. So. <laughs> I think you need to buy the book and find out. I want to be clear about a couple of things. Um, first of all, there's always protection in my books. And so there is an explanation as you read further that they've both been tested for STDs. Good, good. <laughs> um, and I, I frequently use condoms in my books. This one, there's not. And there's a reason for that part of the plot. But Yeah, because um, she wants to, to have pregnant. a baby. Right, right. What, 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 yeah. what, what? Make and a baby. I also am big on taking off clothes because I feel like in a lot of romance novels, they are like instantly naked. They're like, they rip each other's clothes off. And I'm like, no. Women have a lot of clothes. Slow down. Yeah, like they're instantly naked. There's like rip and then it's all gone. I'm like, no, it doesn't work like that. Like taking off the clothes is either awkward 
or it's sexy. Yeah. And there's no in between. And so you have to figure out for those characters, which it's going to be, and then make it happen. So I just like, I hate the, the clothes fell off. The clothes, don't, my clothes have never fallen off in my life. Uh-uh. And it's always like awkward. Like one arm is like stuck in your shirt. Yeah. You like know? something weird usually happens. What I really liked that he took off his socks. Yeah. Right, because if I don't get his socks off, then uh-huh. he's having sex with socks on, and that is just not... It's so embarrassing. Well, it makes so it, like, not intentional. Yeah, I suppose that's true. Like, whoops, I fell into her with my... Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry. You get an idea of how we're having sex, but there's no, like... Like, you know what's happening, but we're not saying, like, the cock went into the, you know... Yeah. I definitely knew what was happening. Right. I, I felt awkward about it. I was like, I shouldn't be here. I shouldn't be here. And now she's well, disappointed that I made it stop. It's, it's meant to be read alone by yourself. Perhaps in a bathtub. Maybe a bathtub is always a good place. So be careful with your Kindle. But yeah, absolutely. I have books that might be water damaged. It's possible. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, so that gives you an idea of what a steamy contemporary romance is. I feel like I need to start reading them because I've not experienced that. I think she wants to now. I do. I was like, I'm enjoying that. Yeah, like there's nothing wrong with it. And She's it, like, go on. <laughs> well, I do. I do like that. I felt the connection that you described earlier. I'm like, she's 38. She's going blind. She wants to have a baby. Like, she meets this guy and his sister passed away. Like, I'm feeling all of that story already. So when they fall into bed together, I'm like, this is meant to be. It's amazing. Like, I I feel satisfied by that whole thing. The whole process of getting there and loving each other. But I know not all romance is necessarily that involved (laughs) if it's gonna be a romance novel then the sex advances the story so there like i said there were three times usually there's a first there's a they realize they're in love and then there's sort of like a celebratory Mm -hmm. you know we are in love having sex and i think that's definitely when i write sex scenes that's definitely the case like they have a purpose to them Mm -hmm. and i also feel like it's kind of empowering to read and to write them and even to read them out loud because mm-hmm. when we as women, cause I truly believe that romance is feminist um, for the most part. I can't say that for every book. There are certain books I've read and I've been like, ah, and you know, thrown away. But the genre is feminist because it's empowering to women because it says it's okay for us to want to tell our stories, to want to connect like in the way that you're talking about connecting to this character and for us to feel good about sex, like for us to go, yeah, you know what? We like it when men do. We like it when they do this, mm-hmm. you know, it's like we were talking earlier about Outlander. Okay. Let me tell you when I fell in love with Jamie Frazier. <laughs> I fell in love with Jamie Frazier when he was going down on her. Right. And I was like, that's right. Because that was like an empowering moment. I was like, yeah, this is how it should be. It shouldn't be women are always just pleasing the man. They're nothing but the vessel. You know, we like sex. There's nothing wrong with that. And the more that we talk about that and talk about what we like in sex, the more empowered we as women are. Mm -hmm. Sex should not be just for men. And like you talked about women don't watch porn together. I don't watch porn at all. Like it doesn't do anything for me. But you know what I do like? Is my porn in words. Right, right. She likes a dirty book. I like a dirty book. And I like dirtier books than I read. Right. You know, 
uh, or that I write. I can't write the books. Some of the books I read, I'm like, I can't do that. Um, <laughs> well, well and I feel, and again, I've watched very little porn in my life, so I yeah. can't, I can't admit my ignorance. But they don't have the stories like you're yeah. talking about. It's a story, as far as I know, you know. Yeah. So I'm not into just the bang bang part of it. I want to know the build up, and it's. I feel like the emotional buildup, the emotional buildup, <laughs> and I also have watched very, very little porn in my life. But that when I have, it's memorable because I remember going. That, that doesn't make sense, right? Yeah, right, and and also like the plumber doesn't just show up and I right. want to bang him. I don't I need bang to the know plumber. like has he brought his baby? Like does he like his mother? Then maybe. Do you yeah. have an STD? Right, right, and they're never like they're not hot. No. They're not sensitive. They walk in and start banging. Like, these are not things that women want. <laughs> no. You know? They're not. No. And I want me and three other women to, like, please this guy in no. her knees. No. No. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. No. 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 I want Jamie Fraser <laughs> to wake me up the way he woke Claire up in that episode. Thank you very much. <laughs> Some okay, red curls. We, anyway. We talked. Yes. We're, we're into Jamie Fraser. But we talked earlier about the rapiness of yeah, Outlander. Yeah. So how do you um, continue watching it despite that? Yeah, it's, it's difficult. And you know what? Interestingly, to go back to romance novels, sorry, and, and kind of ignore your question, <laughs> but um, that is an issue that I have. Like, uh, that's a usually a do not finish for me is when things get rapey. A lot of times the, it's disguised in a romance novel mm-hmm. as sex when it's not right like just aggressive sex yeah Yeah. but it's not yeah and um so i there's always consent in my books and sometimes it's even explicit consent like the one i just read was like they didn't actually say it aloud but a lot of times they do a lot of times the guy in my book will actually ask hot yes yeah. consent is sexy you know yeah i mean in this case she was being like physically aggressive so i didn't feel like the need to do that but in a lot of cases mm-hmm. especially if i have a traumatized woman uh, the guy asks yeah do you want to do this are you okay are you sure sexy as hell right of yes. course i do now i do and i like when I read romance novels, I like explicit consent as well. And I... Because I've, we need to normalize it. Yes. It, well, she, and because, absolutely. I mean, what a woman wants is to be wanted. Like, that is the sexiest thing ever. When you know, like, the guy is dying to be with you. Yeah. Body, mind, soul, whatever. Still so still asks. So, so that's the thing. But, but that's, that's what asking does. Can I kiss you? Can I touch you here? Can I do this? It's indicating verbally how much they want you, right? right. When they're just doing it without asking, you don't know for sure. You're you're wondering like what what's happening and why and da da. da. When they verbalize it, mm-hmm. it's a confirmation, and that's that's what makes it hot. I think. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's totally sexy. Yeah, I think my first like my first several books, there was always an explicit discussion about it. Yeah, I and so I like I read one. Uh, I read one because I had to. So I judge contests mm-hmm. uh, as part of just trying to be a good part of the community, the romance writer community. And I'm a member of the Romance Writers of America and everything. So sometimes I have to read books that I might not have otherwise read. And historicals, I are not my my bag. And 
that's when this happens a lot. Yeah, no, and that's and that's I was gonna say that with regard to that television show, it's yeah. it's set in historic in historical sense. It's, it's and original then, historical romance novels. Yeah, exactly. And that was not as yeah predominant then. I read this one, and I'm still thinking about it. It was a long time ago I read it. Again, I had no choice but to read it, so I couldn't not finish it. And the the guy tries to rape her. He he attempts to rape her. Uh, she manages to fight him off, and then later falls in love with him. No. I was like, no. No. no, 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 no. There's no circumstance. And I even wrote in the comments, I was like, what? Why? Why is she... How... I don't see her in love with him. How is that even... This was actually an, a review exchange. And so it wasn't something where I wrote that in the review. I wrote it to the author. I was mm-hmm. like, I don't understand. I can't in any way see relate how she would to... would fall in love with her attempted yes! rapist? Yes! Yes! Like, that doesn't... Oh, my attempted rapist. I love him so... No! No. I don't care what century you're in. No. And so those kinds of things that happen in... Maybe and, he had a lot of chickens. Yeah. No. Maybe. I don't no. know. It was, it was all that. So, yeah. Consent is sexy. Bottom line. Agreed. Agreed. So what has been the hardest part of getting into this romance writing and figuring out how to do it? Um, I think it's really you know finding an audience you know I mean this is something that I'm doing but I'm not you know I'm not Nora Roberts nor do I intend to be uh or have any you know illusions that I will be but so you're you know cranking out novels that that I love and that I think are fun to read and that I have a few wonderful amazing super fans that love to read them that are for the most part, strangers that Mm -hmm. have started to read my books that I now can kind of consider friends because they're on my Facebook and I've been in touch with them and they've, I've given them free books and things like that. But outside of that, you know, I need to find that larger audience. And I think that's really hard to do. There are millions and millions and millions of books on Amazon. Yeah. And like 80, 70 to 80% of them, I think are romance novels. So it's really, yeah, it's a huge market. It's a massive market. And a lot of them are contemporary romance novels. So it's a very tough thing to kind of break into. And then I've made a conscious decision to have diverse characters. So in lots of ways. You know, I have a lot of bisexual romances, multiple characters. I've got, I just wrote one that has, it's not a main character, but a side character is non-binary. So my first non-binary. Which is interesting because you have to kind of get in the habit of using the right pronouns and those kinds of things. I have, I have you know, gay side characters, and then lots of different ethnic diversity, too. So, I mean, I write about the world around me. We all live in the Bay Area, and you don't walk on the street and see uh, hot white guy and hot white girl that are both, like, thin ripped. I mean, just isn't, that's not how the world works. I have characters with different body types, too, you know? Um, that one happened to be kind of thin, but a lot of them aren't. People with disabilities. So, I mean, I would assume sex is mostly the same across humanity. Um, but what kind of differences have you had to look at or research when 
having characters that are a different race than you? Um, I think the big thing that I've just had to do is make sure that it's authentic, that the, the voice is authentic. Um, and I have beta readers that help me with mm-hmm. that. Um, but it's more about where you come from and who you are. You have to be a whole person. So, mm-hmm. um, one of the things about writing a diverse character is that the essence of the character can't be that they're, um, Filipino. Yeah. That's not, a th- I mean, yeah, that's, that's, oh, I'm, I'm Filipino and that's my job in this book is to be Filipino. No, your job in this book is to be a complete and whole person. Mm-hmm. And a piece of that is that you're Filipino. And a piece of that is that you grew up in a specific place with specific, uh, friends and family and, mm-hmm. and life experiences. And so I think the most important thing about a diverse character is that they be a whole person, that they not be a caricature, that they not be just one thing, um, because nobody is. And so if you write a white character as being this whole person with this complex background and then you write a non-white character as, you know, just... Mm-hmm. Stereotypical. Yeah, stereotypical. Mm-hmm. And this happens, this is a... There's a lot of discussion in the romance world about, like, the gay friend, right? Right. It's not that you can't have the gay friend. It's that the gay friend needs to be a whole person, not just the quirky gay friend who's there to make everybody laugh. I have a lot of gay friends in my books, but they also have their own stories um, and their own whole histories. And I think that's really important, mm-hmm. you know? Um, that's a really... That's really what it's all about is just creating an entire person and an entire experience. And if I don't know something, then I have to research it. Yeah. You know? Let me tell you how it is. How it is. Let me tell you how it is. Darlene has been married to her hunky husband for 17 years. And she's recently been reflecting on her own sexuality and how she explores that in her writing. So you probably would not put yourself in the straight box. Like, right. how do, do you identify or you just, like, don't worry about it? Um, It depends on the situation. I mean, I guess I never did until really recently um, as an adult. Because, so when I was growing up, when I was a, a teenager, and um, I was, like, experimenting, I didn't. Like, you had to be one or the other. Like, that was the deal. Oh. Like, you were either straight or you were gay. No, you had to be straight or nothing. Yeah, well, (laughs) right. So, so here's kind of what happened. I, um, I kissed some girls when I was younger, and I liked it. But. I kissed a girl, and I liked it. It's a song, right? Um. But, like, and they were kind of in the same boat as me, like, but we had to have boyfriends, so we did. Like, this was, when we were in high school, like, we had boyfriends, and then we'd be like, oh, we're gonna go out for girls' night, or we'd all be at a party together, and we'd, like, me and somebody would take off and go in the backyard and make out, and it was so, it was just kind of a thing that we did, like... And we didn't know what the hell was going on. And we also, I don't think we really tried to figure it out either. Yeah. It was just like, you were it's, like it's best just to leave it. Yeah, you were like, you know? kissing this friend is fun. And that's yeah all of the thought process but I'm going to have about it. You have to go back and have a boyfriend because that's what you're supposed to do. Right. So um, that's kind of what it was. And I just like left it there. I was in this long-term relationship. I got married. Um, I'm in a, you know, I'm happily married 
to a dude who I think is a dude, a man who I find really, really attractive. I find lots of men really attractive. I find Jamie Frazier really attractive. <laughs> Karamo. Um, <laughs> Karamo. Oh my God, I think Karamo is so awesome. Um, so I, and then, and then, you know, there's also women that I think are attractive as well. So, I mean, I happen to think that Selma Hayek is one of the most amazingly gorgeous human beings on the planet. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I mean, I just never really, it just wasn't, it didn't matter because mm-hmm. I'm married to a man. So it doesn't matter in the sense that my life, my sexual life isn't affected by things that I did when I was a kid or feelings that I have inside, right? Outwardly. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna, like, make you've had mad, you've had the but... privilege of not having to be defined by right what, wherever you are you on know the what? spectrum. And it is privilege. Yeah, that's exactly right. And it is privilege, and and also a little bit of just like confusion and all those things that kind of go with it. But yeah, absolutely. So um, I think one of the things that occurred that sort of made me be more aware of why it matters because I want to be clear that it does matter but why it matters is that um, a very good friend of mine who also loves the monkeys your bestie um, mm-hmm. yeah she um, was in a re- she was married to a man and had kids with him and then um, is now getting married soon to a woman and so she came late in life uh, to to the fact that she's bisexual mm-hmm. and that she her her sexuality is fluid and that she is just as capable of being in love with and in a relationship with a man as she is with a woman. Mm-hmm. I think that th- that kind of reverse situation of being older and having that realization happen or, or whatever we want to call it um, kind of made me get really introspective mm-hmm. about my own life and my own internal feelings. Yeah. And you know what that means. And so I think the big outlet that I had for that, you know, being at an age where I I don't really know what to do with it or mm-hmm. where to go with it, um, was to write books that had bisexual characters. Mm-hmm. And the first one was a female. I have a um one two with a male in it now but um and I talked to that friend of mine when I wrote it it was uh it was a very personal book it's called Alice's Wish that's the mm-hmm, book mm-hmm. and it's a very personal book and a very personal journey in writing it and even publishing it you know um and kind of putting it out there and things always happen when you when you do that so I had you know a commenter who wrote um, this must have been written by a straight chick, you know? And of course I was incensed and mad and upset. <laughs> and, um, but I also found in a writer's group a bunch of other people that were like, me too. This is also my life experience. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm also married to a man. Mm-hmm. I've also written these books as an outlet. Um, I've also, you know, come to this late in life. And so I found, you know, this squad of people who are having similar life experiences which helps a lot, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know? And so it's a, it's a, I don't know. I'm not going to call it weird or strange because it's my experience, but I, I'm still sorting it out, you know, like 
I hope none of my family listens to your podcast because I've had this conversation with none of them. I mean, you know, husband excluded. I, you know, I've not had this conversation and I don't know that I want to. Yeah. Or need to or have to. Totally. I guess it's up to me. Um, yeah. I mean, that's kind of, you know, there, obviously this, I am sharing my experiences of yeah. being in middle school and early teens on this podcast. But yeah, there's definitely a lot that happened in those years that I wouldn't necessarily want my grandmother <laughs> right. hearing about or right. processing with me, you know? I get it. I'm still I'm still processing it. I went to my very first Pride, now I live in San Francisco, uh-huh. Bay Area. Uh-huh. Um, that was amazing. It was an amazing experience. I went with my husband, um, who's incredible and uh I realized that I've just come to a time in my life when it's it's just time. It's just time to to know who you are and be who you are. And I think that's, I'm also blessed with the time that we're living in. Totally. Because, you know, 30 years ago was a whole different ballgame. Yeah, I mean, whatever those experiences were that you had would have just been buried deep down and never thought about or spoken again. You yeah. Know? Like... Yeah. I looked up recently, like, when the bisexual flag was made. It was 1992, I think. Really? Yeah. That yeah. recently? Yeah. 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 So when, so did your, did your best friend from seventh grade have, like, a coming out situation with you? Or was it, like, more gradual? She was like, I'm dating a woman, and now we're together, and da-da-da, or? Gosh, now I have to think about how that happened. She... I guess I'm just wondering. I think if, it was like... pretty casual because she knew, mm-hmm. she knew instinctively mm-hmm. that I would take it well. There was no need to come out. Like right. she and she took me to a roller derby, which she had been involved in roller derby, uh-huh. which is already you already know. Yeah, and she's like, yeah, I'm doing. She's roller a, she's derby a badass well. chick already. Yeah, I know what's happening now. You know, I'm getting divorced and I'm going to roller derby. Okay, well, <laughs> I'm not stupid. <laughs> you know. Yeah. So, um, she took me to roller derby and introduced me, uh, to her girlfriend. Yeah. I mean, I think she just knew that I would, it wouldn't be an issue for me. So for you, was it like that happened and then the wheels started turning like, hmm, am I bisexual also? Or did it happen before? Or I think a part of me always understood it, but didn't articulate it. Even to myself. But part of me always... I mean, I knew. I already understood it. Mm-hmm. I just didn't uh, know what to do with it. I think it was a while after that that we started to have conversations. And the first time I really talked about it was with her. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, this was my experience when we were kids. Did you even know about this? And she's like, no. Mm-hmm. Why didn't you tell me back then? And mm-hmm. I didn't tell anybody back then Mm -hmm. except for the girls that I was kissing and they didn't tell anybody Mm -hmm. either right um so wait so you guys were best friends and never had we weren't really in high school we weren't really best okay okay so it's kind of a long story but I would say we were we were very close in middle school but in high school there was kind of a situation and I ended up in a different crowd. Sure. And so we were still friends, but we weren't as close anymore in sure. high school. That totally happened. Um and I didn't nobody knew. Nobody. Mm-hmm. Not even 
the person that at the time would have been my bestie. Mm -hmm. And I still haven't had that conversation with that person. Um, (laughs) But she reads my books, so she probably figured it out. Probably. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh... Yeah, no, we didn't. We had that conversation like two years ago in Las Vegas, like uh, a month before she got engaged. I don't know. It might have had, it might have been a piece in it. Mm-hmm. It probably was a piece in it, but I think just being in the Bay Area is a piece of it too. And just living in the world that we live in today. Right. And everything that happened since marriage equality. And oh, there's a lot. Yeah. Women's marches. I right. mean, just all the things that I've been involved in mm-hmm. have all been a piece of it. There mm-hmm. isn't any one thing. Yeah. I think just, you know, the the modern world becoming modern and me being privileged to be a part of it. If you're curious what happened with Julia and Emilio, you can find all of Kay Harris's books on Amazon. She has 15 books in total, and the one she talked about today is part of the Wish series. So check it out. The two tracks on today's episode are by Texas Radio Fish, Woman, and Funk It Deep. How it is. Let me tell you how it is.